Welcome to our Panini. This is Saratoga Beth. We are learning the mimer of um, Purim, um, Tafshin Yod Gimel, 1953, the second mimer that was said. And if you listen to the first recording, you'll hear the history of it. I actually am going to revise it. I'm not sure if this was that it had to do with Stalin, Mashamai, the, 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 the Amalek of his generation, a very, very evil force. And, um, was this mimer said in the first minutes after Stalin had left the world, or was it, did he leave the world right after this mimer? I actually am not sure. I have to check, so, um, you can ask me later after we learned the mimer. I, I don't know yet. Um, we spoke about why Purim is called, why it's called Purim, and there's a lot in there, and now we're going to move over to speaking about Achashverosh, what that's all about. And of course we said, everything has to do with the counterpart that's really happening today in our world, and it's really quite um, profound and moving to see all the counterparts of what's happening. One more piece of information, we said that the Lubavitcher Rebbe gave this mimer out, since he said it on Purim in 1953, and then he gave it out to be learned in 1991 um, during the Gulf War. And that Gulf War was also another expression of Amalek and Haman and the the enemy, Saddam Hussein, the sworn enemy to the Jewish people. And he lost, thank God. And the war that he launched against us ended on Purim. Um, we can understand that this mimer was instrumental in ending that war on Purim. So that's why we're learning it. And we want to end the war against truth and against the Yidden and against Hashem that is being, has been launched a year ago on Purim. We want to end it now. Okay. So here we go. We're in Ice of this Mimer. So what do we have to understand? Um, the Pur is the Gyro. Purim, the dice, the lottery that, that Haman threw, is the Gyro. It's the lottery. What does it do? What is the energy of a Gyro? A Gyro, remember we said, is a lottery. The Gyro energy is that it draws down Orein Saif Balharasan. The one, Hashem, the one who desires certain things, Hashem, the aspect in Hashem of where, in which he desires certain things on the level of Orein Saif. This is what the poor, the lottery comes from. And through this, when that energy is drawn down, it was drawn down on Purim and Yom Kippur, and it is every year, through this, we have a kapara on all the negative things. And so what was the idea? What was Haman thinking when he wanted to do this kitru, God forbid, on the, Yehud, the Yehud, on the Jews? He had in mind, he knew what he wanted, he knew whom he wanted to destroy, God forbid, and every single one of them. It was a kitru on the Jewish people. What was he thinking when he said, well, I'll throw the dice. I'll throw the poor. I'll throw the lottery. So um, we have to understand it says, these days are called Purim because of the name Pur. The Pur, Ha-Pur, the Pur, the lottery, means the Pur on which it says, um, it refers to the lottery that Haman threw, the dice that he threw. And the one that he did was um, was a really negative thing. Why did he throw the, the dice? He wanted to know when to destroy whom he wanted to destroy. So why 
is this miraculous holiday, Purim, called for the name Pur. It was a bad Pur. It was a bad lottery. So why why did it become a holiday? Why do we call the holiday on that name? And the Nukuda is. Because when you're within Hishtalshlis, the world, the natural world, on this level, what we do down here actually makes a difference. And the Iker Hashpa is to us. The Iker flow from above in this world comes to us. Because we do Taranisus. And even those who are not Sadiqim of the Jewish people, they are full of mitzvahs like a pomegranate. As it says, That means look down from your heavenly spheres and, and bench the Yidden. Because from the level of Shamayim, Shamayim is Shamayim, Shamayim, heaven, is Shamayim, there is water. What's that? Mayim is Chachma. Mayim is the beginning of Hashem. Mayim means Chachma. Chachma is the beginning of Hashem contracting himself and making a world. Through Chachma. The start of it is Chachma. The plan. A blueprint. And through that Chachma, that water, that Mayim, Sham Mayim, all the brachas come down to us. And Haman Russia knew that after all the Ketrugim, that all the Gezeras on all the negative judgments and all the terrible decrees on the Jewish people, there's no, he understood, there's no comparison between him and, and Yisrael. And so on the level of Hishtalshlis, Haman Russia, there's no way that he could win over us. No way. Not within nature, there's no way he could win over us. Because the least of us is full of mitzvahs. How can a Russia win the battle over somebody who is full of, full of mitzvahs? So he didn't know what to do. They're full of mitzvahs. I am full of evil. So how am I going to win over them? We said, well, let's go to, and then within the world, they won already. They're full of mitzvahs. I'm full of evil. And full of the opposite of mitzvahs. They said, let's go to an energy above the world. Let's do that. That's called a lottery. Because it's above his He said, okay, over there we're the same. Gyro. And over there, in a higher level above the world, what we do down here doesn't actually have an effect. And over there, everything's the same. Darkness, light, it's all the same. So he thought, on the level of the Gairil, which is above Hishtashus, above the world, he thought, well, maybe he can win against the Jews. Maybe. That's what he thought. So, so let's figure out Achashverosh. Where does he fit in? Remember, Haman went along. He was a real bad guy, and he convinced Achashverosh. So we, who is this Achashverosh that he managed to con- convince? It's Achashverosh means Achash Barosh. As it says in Torah Or. And so, um, Chash, Achash, Chash, what's Chash? Achash. Chash is Shasika, being quiet. Hmm. That's the cancel culture. 
don't say anything. Everybody has to be silent. No one's allowed to say anything, and no one's allowed to say anything that anybody is, makes anybody uncomfortable. Isn't that interesting? Ahash is Shasika. Everybody has to be silent. The cancel culture silences the world, so you're not allowed to talk about anything. So everybody just goes around like, mm. And it's perfect because if you have a mask over your face anyway, nobody knows what you're saying. You know, mask over your mouth. So from two directions, we have a way of silencing everybody because, number one, they're wearing a mask or two or five or ten. So you can't hear them anyway, and they can't hear you. And number two, the cancel culture says you're not, you have no permission to say anything because somebody's going to object. So we have hash going on in these days leading up to Purim. Since last Purim to this Purim, we have hash, silence, shasika. Don't talk. As it says in Gemara, my chashmal itim chashas itim mamlas. Okay. Um, something in the Gemara about it. I can't promise that I understand it. So, the shasika. What is the shasika of chash? What is the silence of chash? It's higher than speech. Right. Right. When you're silent, it's higher than speech. You know, for instance, you know, the story of the Altareba, they asked the Altareba different questions um, to test him on different things. And at some point they asked the Shaila and he just sang the nigun. He did not speak. And we know that by singing the nigun, you're accessing an energy and bringing down an energy higher than speech. So silence is higher than speech. As it says in Chagiba, at the time the speech came, comes out of Hashem, I see. Okay. When the speech comes out of Hashem, it's Chashois, and when um, the speech does not come out of Hashem, it's Mamlav. From this we understand that Shasika, the Chash, is higher than speech. Okay. So, it's like the idea... Okay, I'm not an expert in Aramaic, sorry. So the source of speech, where does speech come from? Chachma. You know, you have to, something, have to have something to speak about, right? You have to have an idea. Otherwise, I mean, if you don't have an idea, you know, say something. I have nothing to say. So there's no Chachma there. You don't have to be very wise to speak. Uh, that's for sure. We know that. <laughs> but there has to be some idea there to speak about. Otherwise, you're just making sounds like ga, ga, uh, uh, uh. So the source of speech is in Chachma, and Shasika, which is silence, is in the Keser, which is above Chachma. Well, that imagine that. There's Chachma with a crown on top of it. Chachma leads you, when there's wisdom or there are ideas, it leads you to talk about them. You want to share it. What's above that? What's sitting on top of the Chachma? A crown. What does the crown look like? What does it express? Silence. Siag l'chachma shasika. Okay, I think offense for chachma is silence. Siag l'chachma, siag m'loshin gedr, right. A fence, a protective fence around chachma would be silence. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's better to just uh, <laughs> stay out of the conversation, right? A fence for chachma, a wise person keeps silence a lot because uh keeps you out of trouble, right? But... <laughs> If people are in a weird conversation on the WhatsApp group, it's probably better to stay out of it. <laughs> That's one way, right? Um, <laughs> so the, yeah, the dispense around Chachma is the crown that's sitting on top of the Chachma. That's the fence. 
And we can say what it says in the Medrash. Let's connect it with what it says in the Medrash. Achashverish. Who is that? Achashverish also means HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem Sha'achris Vereshashalo. The beginning and the end is his. So when it, you know, when it says in the Megillah that, you know, he couldn't sleep and, and by Hiba Me Achashverish. So Achashverish means the wicked king, but it also goes on a higher sense in the source on Hashem himself. Because Kether what is Keter? It is the Orsaivev, the encompassing light that's above the world. And Orsaivev includes Achris Vereshis, the beginning and the end, the same. When you're outside of the world, beginning, end, this, that, how much were the boots? $49. No, mine were $490. It's all the same up above the world on the love of Achris Vereshis. And achris veracious shalom. It belongs to Hashem. So we have to understand that it says that in the Gemara, Achashverosh, why was he called Achashverosh? You know, if you're a king of Persia, that's quite a name, Achashverosh. Why was he given that name, or why did we call him that name? I don't know, you know, if he called himself that or we did. Excuse me, al um, probably, he made dark. He made our faces dark in his days. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he sure did. Um, we did not have happy faces. Isn't that interesting? Because Shachar, um, oh, let's look it up. So he had, he got the name, as it says in the Marachashverish, because he, he made our faces dark in his days. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Um, you see people on the street or you see people driving in their cars or in stores and you actually don't know who they are. Because, you know, sometimes people say hi and I say like, how do you know it's me? I'm behind a mask. How do you know it's me? So it's interesting that for the past year, since last Purim, people's faces are essentially dark. They're, what does that mean, dark? Um, for us, not visible. They're not luminous. You really don't know. If a person, that's one of the main um, complaints that people have. You can't tell when somebody's smiling anymore. And a smile is very healing. And, you know, the globalists don't want people to smile or be healed or heal anybody because they have a different plan. So, so it's interesting that our faces have been essentially dark, meaning invisible, not lit up, so you know. And it's interesting that, honestly, I've seen a lot of people that I've seen them recently without their masks, and they look different. They don't look like I remember them a year ago. I really don't. There was a woman that last year, maybe around this time, a little bit before Purim, I was at the aisle, and she was there, and actually I needed to ask her a question, and um, she asked me if I would give her a ride in my car, and I said, okay, great. And we drove back, and I got to ask her all my questions. It was a really nice conversation. And I, I've seen her around a lot. And I saw her in the store the other day, and she wasn't – she took off her mask for a minute. She looked very different. And I've seen a lot of people look very different now that they've been behind a mask for a year. So, Ahasuerus darkened our faces in those days and in these days. So, how does that go together with the parish of Ahasuerus' Ahasuerus' You know, the beginning and the end is his. Because here's what we say. Here's what it is. Mitzad Saivev. Saivev is 
an energy above the world, which higher than his was. Up there, above the world, dark and light are the same. Above the natural reality of the world, on the higher spiritual level, dark, light, it's all the same. It's only different when you're inside the world. And, I mean, just even think of um, anything. Um, you know, you might walk into an office where, um, you know, there's, there's a person who has a very high-ranking position in that office, and you have to ask them, you know, maybe you, 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 you go for a passport, and, you know, they have a certain authority there. And then you might, you know, you might see the person in Walmart, and they're very different outside of Walmart. You know, over there they say, have a seat. You know, we'll take care of you when we decide to. And you're like, you, there's nothing you can do. They have kind of power over you when you're at the passport office. And then one day you're in Walmart. And you say, that person looks so familiar. Where have I ever seen them? That's happened to me. And I say, thinking, oh, my goodness, that's the, the nasty lady from the passport office. But over there, there's nothing she can do. She and I are the same in Walmart. She doesn't have authority over me in Walmart. She's just another customer, so am I. So we can relate to within the world, there's dark and light. Above the world, it's all the same. Because on the level of Shasika, the silence, Chash of Ahasuerush, which is higher than speech, it comes down through many, many, many contractions. The Shasika, the, the, the silence, which is lower than speech. Hmm, what is silence lower than speech? So we know there's a silence higher than speech. And again, that, that's something very holy and, you know, the union of a nigun and a, and a, and a um, communication between people that's higher than speech and, and there's an understanding and a, a, a level of drawing together that's higher than speech. But what's the silence that's lower than speech? Looks like we've been going through it past year since last Purim. You know, cover your mouth. Don't talk. Maybe. So what is what is silence lower than speech? I hope I don't get into trouble for, you know, you think Mark Zuckerberg is listening to this? How have I? He would learn a mimer. Probably be in better shape. Hi, Mark. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give you the replay, Mark. So, uh, <laughs> so elocus, on the level of, of silence that's lower than speech, elocus is concealed. Godliness is concealed. Lower than speech. When there's quiet, there's silence lower than speech. Godliness is concealed. You don't see it. Helen Kapshuta, Shalamata Megili. That's, uh, uh, we're talking about a level, silence below speech. We're talking about a, a, a literal concealment where you can't see the way you when you look at people's faces. Now imagine on Purim, it's going to be really fun because we, let's say I made, you know, a whole bunch of us made masks to put over our eyes. And if we have masks over our eyes and masks over our mouths, then that's Helen Kipshuta. You won't be able to see us or know who we are. And then we even have a silence, Shasika de Karaho Lisne Gazeza Nelma. Okay. In Yeshaya. Um, I could look it up, but um, we're going to look it up soon. Okay, a certain silence that we're going to look up soon in Yeshaya and see what it is, which is, the Lord Raksha Elokos Ain Meir Begili. 
We're, le- we're talking about a lower level, not where only where godliness is not shining <coughs> openly. But klipa is hiding godliness. Oh, welcome to Purim last year till Purim this year. Hello, here we are. That is, godliness is so completely concealed by the klipa that the klipa is hiding the godliness. So the bad guys seem to be winning. Ding, 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 ding. Hi, Mark. So <laughs> the bad guys seem to be winning. They seem to be successful at their plan. You know, you know, the stuff in politics and, 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 you know, we're not going to say and silence anybody. The media silence. Oh, we forgot about the media silencing everybody. Oh, my goodness. This is so fun. Right. Shasika. The media silences everybody. This is the third level of Shasika. How fun. <laughs> it's Elokos, not only Elokos, godliness doesn't shine openly, but the klipa hides the godliness. Godliness, yes, total silence. You're not allowed to speak. We take you off, you know, those places, those communicative sites. We make sure that you have no way of communicating with the world or with anybody else, both personally. We lock you in your house. We make you wear a mask. We scare you out of your wits, and we make sure that you, there's no social media available to you. Ding, 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 Amazing. Lower level of Shasika. Third low level of Shasika. Klipas Naika, Naiga that's called Hash. Okay, so here the Rebbe is talking about Klipas Naiga, the, you know, regular stuff like tables and chairs, but it's called Hash because it covers over Hashem. And then we go down to a lower level, Hashem is in which is called Reish. Oh my goodness, this is so amazing. Klipas Naiga is called Chash. Remember, Achash. Achash. The Chash is Klipas Naiga, tables and chairs and stuff, but it hides Hashem. The Reish. What's the Reish? Gimel Klipas So imagine Klipa, the lesser Klipa, unifying with the more intense Klipa, that's called Achash Rush, And it's all a certain silencing of truth and Hashem and all good things. Wow! Did we ever believe we would see it with our own eyes? This is so fascinating. So, what a discovery. So we can say that the reason... So we can say that the reason why Haman used the poor in order to come to the level of Gairil, which is above his Shtalshlis, and then even and in those days, in the days of Achashverosh, even before Haman did, remember, Achashverosh is around before Haman threw his dice, before Haman threw his, his, his poor, his lottery. So what was going on then? Before Haman came up with his plan. Zanhaga, the way it worked was, Misad, higher than his Shtalshlis. Interesting, even before Haman. The way things were running in the world was higher than his Shalshus. Because the level of the Gairil is even higher than Achashverosh, which is Misha Achras Reshashila. The Gairil is higher than Achashverosh. Okay. And the Indian is. From this that it's called, um, he was called Achashverosh, and it's called Misha Achrit Reish and Hashem uses the name Achashverosh from himself, so to speak, two extremes, two opposites. It implies 
that relative to that, there are things that are achris verbatious, but they are, they seem similar. You know, they're on a level where everything's similar. And as it says, um, so, Achashverosh made a party for all of his ministers and all of his servants, and after that, he called all the people to the party in Shushan. Remember that? Right. Where did he say it? In Megillus Esther? He made a party. And it says in Lakote Tyra, what was the party all about? And here we're kind of summing up and coming towards the end. What was the party all about? The revelation that happened to the whole nation was okay so who got to who got to go to the party first the ministers and the, the people who worked for the king and after that later on the people were invited they got the lower you know the leftovers so in terms of revelation for the king we're talking about King Achashverosh, and at the same time, Hashem and Hashem revealing himself. Because remember what King Achashverosh did. He revealed to us the base HaMikdash. Obviously, he didn't do it in a holy way. But he certainly revealed to us that there is a base HaMikdash. And the proof is he had the Kalim openly visible. You know, of course, we know the evil of it, that you're not allowed to use the Kalim of the base HaMikdash. They're completely holy, and he wore them and used them as... as, as to serve stew for trade food and all this other nonsense, this horrible stuff. But on a higher level, I, we could say, he revealed to us at this party the base of English, at least some of the Kalim. And so, first to the ministers, and to the people who worked for the king, and then to the people. Then the revelation was to the whole nation, who were on a lower level than ministers. And not only that, this revelation that was going on. Because we were, by the way, we were about to, as the Jewish people, step into a whole new level of accepting the Torah. Now that it already happened, we know that it was. At the time, Hashem knew what it was. He was planning for us. It will be a whole new acceptance of, of Mat and Torah. Very interesting because it gives us access to the idea that before something happens, if we find out afterwards what happened and it was a good thing, we can start already planning what it could be, you know, well, I walked out on the street and and I'm going to decide, well, I'm going to find a good parking spot with a snow-free right in front of my house, right? Because 10 times already I did it and I found it. So let me already decide in advance. I already know what's going to happen. I already know what's going to happen. And there are all those scientific studies that explain how it works scientifically, with already knowing what's going to happen or deciding what's going to happen and affecting reality and all of that other stuff. So, but here we're talking about, it, it looks like Matantari, the second Matantari was the story of Purim. Why was there such a high revelation before it happened? There wasn't even any Gezira on us. Haman didn't come up with his plan yet. What is the high revelation happening before Haman even does it? I guess it's all a build-up to the second level of accepting the Tyra which is all a build-up to, it was in between the first and the second base of Migdash, and it was all a build-up to us passing the test, being Maisen Efesh, and then the son of Esther building the next base of Migdash, which is all a build-up to the ultimate Geula through us building the third base of Migdash. So there was this very high light, like now, very lofty light, getting everything in place. 
Um, and so this revelation at that time was to all the nation. Um, but there were different levels of all the people who saw the revelation of Hashem. There were different levels. There were those for um, the Chaser and Chaser Roy Legina, Legina Roy Le Besan, the Besan. I think some were in the hall and some were in the, I think, in the garden, etc. And some were inside the palace. Different, different where you got to sit. And these had to do with spiritual levels of what is garden, what is home, what is the house, what is the Chaser, the outside, the yard. What are all of these levels, which not explained here, but it's it's explained, it brought out in, in Megillus Esther. So we understand there are all kinds of different revelations to different levels of people then. And so we could say, from the level of the Shkalshlis, this revelation was only to the ministers. And the fact that the revelation was after that to all the people, and even those kind of people who were just got a seat out in the yard of the palace, not in the palace. How come? Because the revelation was from the level of So, different people, just like now, different people can tune into truth more easily or less easily. Some people are confused. Some people are very confused. Some people are totally brainwashed. Some people are very clear. It's not simple for anybody, but you see that people, kind of depending on how much Tyra and how deeply people learn Tyra and how seriously they took it, maybe I'm I'm wrong, will determine a little bit their vessel and, and other things in life will determine how big their vessel is to be able to take in that revelation. And yet the revelation to the nation was lower than the revelation to the, the ministers. And as we said, the people got different levels of revelation. Why? Because the Akras and Reisha Shalai, meaning Achashverosh, um, is the Gabe Akras Reisha Timbeshavah. It's speaking about when it's all the same. You know, that level where it's all the same. But when we're talking about in other words, when you're talking about above the world, it's all the same. Down here in the world, on our level, in our lives, it's not all the same. You know, above above the world, a million dollars and a penny is all the same. Quite honestly, down here in this world, a million dollars and a penny is not all the same. In the upper world, Rashis, there's a revelation. Um, in, in the upper world, the spiritual world, revelation is kind of more luminous than down here. But, right? So, let's face it. Down here, it's not as luminous. In this world, it's not nearly as luminous as, as it is in the spiritual worlds, which is what it is. On the level of Gairel, there's no ratios and achris. There's no, on the level way above the world, that spiritual level way above the world, all the same. And the gyro, what is when two things are equal. So Haman somehow sensed that he has to, whatever reason Hashem pushed Haman's hands to go and his thoughts to decide on a gyro, 
which is from a level where everything's the same. So, by the way, we can say, not saying this is in the mimer yet, but so the gallows was built for not Haman, Mordechai, but it ended up being for Haman. Yeah, because it's all the same. On the level of Gairo, Mr. Haman, you had to know that if you started up with a Gairo, there is no guaranteeing who is going to hang on the gallows. Could be you, Mr. Haman, because you started up with the Gairo energy, which is above the, the laws of nature. So they could put anybody on the gallows, including you, Mr. Haman, and so they did. And so they will again. And as it says about the inyanim of Rashis Ba'achris, upper and lower, more spiritual, less spiritual, more luminous and less luminous, the same thing exists in Kedusha and Sitra Achra. On the level of Achrish, Achris, Achashverish, there's a difference between Kedusha and Sitra Achra. There's a difference between holiness and and spiritual darkness. Right? Obviously. But on the level of Ramimut, on a, on a very lofty level, Ramimushala is actually a place where there's no difference. And that's why in that very high level where there's no difference, there can be a funneling off of energy from holiness into Sitra Akra. I mean, let's face it. Um... Um, a 250-pound big burly boxer or, or, you know, big lumberman or something like that cannot fit himself into um, a little shirt that a three-year-old wears, right? It's just, like, you can't, you, <laughs> you can't do it. So how can you have how can you transfer energy from kedusha holiness to the opposite of holiness? They're different sizes. They're different colors. They're different sizes. They're different energies. You can't move one over to the other one. If you move it all up to a higher level, you can, and it's possible to siphon off energy from holiness into sifra achra. God forbid, which is kind of what we've been seeing happening the past year. Chash is Klipas Naiga, and Reish is Gimel Klipas Atmeas. Chash is uh, the power of kind of Klipas, and Reish, Achash for Reish, is, is the real unholy, bad, evil Klipas. And it can even lead to the strengthening of Sitra Achra, and it could win temporarily over holiness. Mm-hmm, sounds familiar. That's what it means that the faces of the Jewish people were darkened. Interesting. So think about it. The past year. They actually tried to get the Jewish people to wear masks and there was a bit of a resistance. We didn't want to do it. We didn't want to have our faces darkened. Because when the face is darkened, then you can do an exchange. Like, quite honestly, I mean, that's what we, you know, you see all these videos about what's going on in Washington, masks, this, you know, if you wear a mask, you know, um, 
You can exchange things behind the mask. You can exchange things. So two people were wearing a mask. And then, um, you know, we turn around for half an hour. And when we come back, we still think it's the same two people, but they it's two different people. So the fact that the faces of the Jewish people at that time of Purim were darkened, were they were they were concealed, they were masked, enabled the transferring of energy from holiness to unholiness. They switched; it was funneled off. You couldn't do that if your face is unmasked, because it would be visible to everybody. But you can get away with it when your face is covered, because nobody knows what's happening. Um, because now again let's go to the higher level this is all this sounds like the nasty stuff but really it's going to come out that all of this ended up being a very great advantage and will be a very great advantage by the way it's going to come out that this year of masked people will end up having been to our great advantage because on the level of Reimimus, of the loftiness of the king, Eina Noisen Lev Lahakpid Lagarsha. Okay. Um, I think, um, I think on the level of, on, on the level of the king, you know, like, he doesn't really care who he throws out, who he doesn't. You can say, you cannot say, like, say, you know, it's like, uh, whatever, out, off, up. You know, the king is just like, no, but sir, you don't understand. I'm your faithful servant who's been here for, for 50 years. Get out of here, you know, right? I think so. Um, but on the level of Roman Muslim, the loftiness of the king can't destroy us. I'm not quite sure what that means, but. So Haman said like this. He wants to destroy, God forbid, all the Jews. And he knew that he couldn't just do it. There's no way he could do it. The laws of nature wouldn't allow him to just do it. It has to be done in a concealed way. Yeah, we're not going to say how they're getting away with it now, God forbid. We're not going to, we're just going to leave that to your imagination. So they, the old way was, the new way is you have to get people to agree. Let's leave it at that. So, um, and so when Haman wanted to destroy all Rahman Islam, God forbid, all the Yidden, he said he at least knew, he was smart enough to know that he at least needed to do a poor, the gyro, the lottery. That he knew. As it says in McGillis Esther, he knew he couldn't just do it straight. He had to go to an energy where, you know, above the laws of the world. Because the level of gyro, on the level of gyro, there's no difference between Kedusha and Tzitra Akra. On the level of gyro, see, he said, down here in this world, they have more power than me. They're full of mitzvahs. The Jews have more power than me. I'll never succeed. Down here in this world, never succeed. And not only that, Yeshna Am Echa, they were a nation of unity, of oneness. I can't stand up. They have serious power, serious spiritual power. I'm I'm like a little piece of dust compared to them. I can never be victorious in this world against them. We said, Ah, outside of this world where it's all the same, holy and unholy, 
there I can win. And so, and it says that um, the gyro wasn't only above the natural world Tater spouseless, but it was even above the desire for, of Tyre Mitzvah. Coming from a very high level. So he figured if he goes up to that spiritual level, he can do his nasty deeds. And here we come to the kind of conclusion of this. So if the gyral is higher than intellect and higher than rutsan, higher than seichel and higher than rutsan, the same thing about the choosing. Now, again, we, sorry, we've just been marinating on how dark and ugly it was then and how dark and ugly it has been now for the past year. Now we're going to turn it all around and see how it all turns in our favor. Please, God, I hope so. As remember, from this mimer, Stalin was no longer. I guess it turned it all around. So let's watch the turnaround. Um, about the Bechira, the choosing. When you choose something higher than higher than Seichel and higher than Rutten, you know, why did you choose that? Somebody just actually wrote that she said she wasn't sure whether to do a certain procedure, to take a certain step in her life, and then her neighbor called her and said, if you go to Williamsburg, they're all doing this, and you can get an appointment, and she said, I didn't let myself think, I just went and I did it. That's higher than, she's higher than Seichel and higher than Russell. I didn't really want to, and I didn't really think it through, I just, I just went. So that's, that's, that's that kind of energy of higher than Seichel and higher than Russell. So, um, when you choose something, I don't know, why did I choose that? I don't know why. Did you want to? No. Did you think it through? No. So on the level of choosing something above what, above thinking, beyond thinking about it, beyond wanting it, when your mind tells you, this is good, this is good, and this is not good. When your mind tells you, this thing, this choice is good, or this one I want. Like, oh, which one should I order, the whole wheat pizza or the white pizza? My mind says, oh, whole wheat pizza is good. Order that. Taking silly examples. Or I want something. I say, I don't want whole wheat pizza. I want white pizza. Good. Because will is higher than, say, whole, than what you understand. So when you have either of those, either I know that this one, this pizza is better, or I don't care, I want this one. When you're dealing with either of those energies, um, that's not called free choice. Something compelled you to choose one or the other. What is true free choice? When it's not because of something you thought about or something you wanted. You just have pure free choice. Just like, I don't know, kind of like a gyro. Like, which one are you going to do? I don't know. That's true free choice. You have no reason to choose one or the one over the other. So the difference between gyro and this kind of choice is when a person does a gyro, he does a lottery, and he decides, however the lottery fills, how, uh, flip a coin. Flip a coin. And I decide, however it will fall, that will be what I decide to do. That's what I want to do. We told the story in the other recording. That will be my will. However it falls, it says, oh, should I go to Boston for Shabbos? 
Let's flip a coin. It says, yes. Okay, good. I'm going. Heads, I go. Tails, I don't go. Falls on heads. Okay, I'm going to Boston for Purim. That's what I decide. I'm going to want whatever it, 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 it falls on. That's a gyro. Um, it doesn't become, it's not because of me. It was because of the gyro. I said, heads, I go to Boston. Tails, I stay here. Came out of heads. I, so why did I go to Boston? Because of the coin that I flipped. Not because I decided. And this choice that um, is v'chira he sha'adam but and choice is when I choose. So from this we understand that choosing free choice is even higher than gyro. Free choice is even higher than gyro because gyro is a level of the nefesh which is limited and it kind of obligates you um says when two things are are exactly equal and this choice um and oh sorry gyro is okay i told you if the coin falls on heads i go to boston so i'm kind of pushed i got to do it i've got to do it free choice is I am not pushed in either direction. It's perfectly free. That's the highest level, free choice. That we, as Jewish people, have free choice. So even when two things are exactly the, the same, when two things are exactly the same, free choice means nothing is pushing you to do this way or that way. You can choose the way you want, the way you desire. And I'm saying we're, we are coming to the end. In in choosing, so now we're moving on to the last topic, which is free choice, which we have in this. There are two pieces. There are two pieces to the energy of free choice. The level of the nefesh higher than something that that you thought through. Um. There's you have free choice. There's a level of your nefesh that relates to a gyro, and if you choose something as you want, the gumshish neither. Okay, this is a little bit cryptic. Um, finish it off. Okay, so. The idea of free choice and gyro, but it's a very high energy and human new. You have to tune into that very high energy, and yet that very high energy will then, it's a, a an energy where everything becomes sort of, you know, equalized. It's for us. It's for truth. To defeat the untruth. And that's why it says, um, So why did they call this holiday Purim because of the name Purim? Because the poor that fell was according to the choice of Atmos. Okay. Um, who's, so we have two brothers here, Esau and Yaakov. But Hashem loves Yaakov and he hates Esau. Well, or so, um, as it says in, uh, Malachi. Right. Okay. We're the chosen ones. And so through the mysterious nefesh of the Yidden throughout the entire year, and that's what happened that year. 
the level of Mesiris Nefesh that was exhibited for an entire year. Isn't that interesting? One full year. Total Mesiris Nefesh that saved the Jewish people on Purim. We have now completed one full year since the beginning of this crazy pandemic. And there was tremendous mysterious nefesh. Unspeakable mysterious nefesh. And so, the mysterious nefesh of the Jewish people throughout the entire year. Of course, here, say for my more Malukat, but we understand on some level it, it referred to that whole year of Purim and our whole year from last year's Purim to this year's Purim. Because the Indian of mysterious nefesh comes from Esam and Neshama. That we get from Meishardim. That we get from Mordechai Yisadik. And mitzad of Echir de Esma Neshama Batmus. Ayyidei zen nimshach de Nizkal Bechir ta Atmos Yisho. And so by choosing, the Esma Neshama is choosing Atmos, choosing Hashem's very essence, then Hashem chooses us. And through this, the Gairo, Lamaila, was She La Yehudim Haisa Yiyeh. And so the Gairo created that because we choose Hashem, and we chose Hashem in that year, so He chooses us. And the same thing now. And the gyro, which is above everything else, caused that it would be layhudim yiyeh, ayra v'simcha v'satan v'kar. It was obvious that because we chose Hashem, and therefore He chose us so that it would be, not Yehudim Haisa or Vesimcha Vesatan Vikar, but Yehudim at that point, it was still in the future. Yeah, it will be. It would be. Or Vesimcha Vesatan Vikar. And that is the prediction for now. It says in Megillus Esther. But the prediction that the Rebbe is saying, and remember that this was said in 1953. Remember this Heimer. It said in 1953, the height of Stalinism, the worst moment of Stalinism, and not, Stalinism was, in those, it was just the beginning of the 50 years, as the Rebbe Rashab said, there will be, when, there will be a hundred years from Tafsresh Samachalaf to Tafshin Samachalaf. There will be a hundred years of oppo- opposition. Tafshin Samachalaf, that's when the Rebbe Rashab announced Tamchis Mimim, gave it a name, etc., and sent out the soldiers, you know, said, these are the soldiers that will fight the, the battle of David Malka Mashiach, of David Amelech. And the Rebbe Rashab said, there will be a hundred year war. Fifty years of those who fight the footsteps of Hashem. And fifty years after that of those who fight the footsteps of Mashiach. 1953 was just the beginning of the second 50 years of those who fight the footsteps of Mashiach. Those 50 years ended in Tafshin Samachalaf, 2001, September 11th. What happens after that? Well, everything that we've had since then. It's a very different world. So, we see here, oh, and, and so 1991, well, that was 10 years before September 11th. We're still in the second 50 years. When the Rebbe gave out this mimer in the middle of the Gulf War, and the Gulf War ended on Purim, that was another manifestation of a Malik that had to be defeated. Just like Saddam, that was a Saddam Hussein. Just like in 53, in Tashin Yud Gimel, that 
form of a malik in the form of um, Stalin, your Shammai, had to be eliminated, had to be defeated. And he was. But it is. And now, we've got the other guys. We've got plenty of them. And we have a force, the last, the last battle of a mullet that needs to be defeated. Will be. With the assistance of this mimer. Will be defeated. And so, Layehudim, as it says, from the gyro um, above, Layehudim Yia, and Haman and his sons will be hung on the tree, on the wood, on the fence. There's a fence, isn't it? On the wall, on the right. There's a fence, isn't there? I'm not going to say where. It has barbed wire on the top. I'm not going to say anything. Hominist and his son's ten sons are supposed to hang. And it says, Umadaika Kakas, Hapur, Hapur, the lottery. The Heyyadiyah means the poor, the lottery that Haman threw. The dice that Haman threw. Not another one. His. The bad one. The evil one. Because through the miracle of Purim, it was revealed that the bad lottery, the, the dice that Haman threw, the evil, evil one, the thing that, that gave rise to that evil decree, was Melchatzila, was to begin with, actually not to do evil. He thought it was to do evil. He had a plan to do evil. But Hashem had a bigger plan. It was for the revelation of the choice of Atmos. Of, it was for us to be aroused to choose Hashem with every fiber of our being from our very Etham and Neshama to choose the Etham of Hashem. That is why he threw his lottery. He did his lottery. He threw his dice. Because that level of poor it's connected with free choice, the level on which Hashem chooses us, and we choose Him. So, humming through the poor, not knowing that He was actually being pushed to do it to get us to step up to the level at which we would fully choose Hashem, and He would fully choose us. And the fact that He did it in the month of other, that's the month when the Redeemer Meisher Benu, Mordechai Yitzadeh, Mashiach, right? Meilad Mashiach Shal Yisrael. He did it in the month of Adar when the Redeemer of Israel is born. Because the poor falling, the lottery coming out, was What was the purpose of the lottery? To reveal that even the lottery itself even a lottery. A lottery has, you know, play for both both ways. You know, heads you win, tails I, I win. That's what a lottery is. And the chesainis externally, it looked like the poor, looked like this lottery was good for Haman and bad for us. And that's why he was able to put into practice his evil plan. 
because it looked like the poor turned out good for him, bad for us. That's externally. On a deeper level, the Pneumius, the poor was to begin with for the choice of Atmos. The real intention of this lottery was to bring out the truth. That I love Yaakov and Esav I hate. And so the same thing about the the tree, the apes. This tree, the gallows, the gallows that Haman built for the Jews. He built it for himself. He built, it says, the gallows that he built for him. Who's him? For himself. The globalists are building gallows for themselves. And the reason that he made an eight, he made it out of wood, very high, 50 ama, 50. Why did he have to have such a high gallows? 50. Why 50? Because, as it says in Sefer Maimarm, he wanted to reach the Sharanun, the 50th gate, which is higher than his Shalshlis. There was a push from above to push him to build something against us. It was 50 50 amas high because the purpose was to reach, for us to ultimately reach the level of Sharon on the 50th gate, which is above his shalshlis. And above his shalshlis on the 50th gate, dark and light is the same. And he thought, great, if he reaches that 50th level where dark and light is the same, he who is dark can win because he knew that below the 50th gate, he is from the dark energy, he can't win. He's from the deep state. He's from the cabal. He's from the globalists. He can't win. He knew that. He knew that within this world he can't win. Unless he reaches the Shara Nun and up there above Seder Ishtalshlis, above the world, then light and dark is all the same. So the dark guy can win. The deep state dark guy can win. But the miracle of Purim was Mitzad, on the level of the level above Hishtalshlis, higher than the world, the Gairil, the Sharhanun, the 50th gate, what ended up happening is he built it for himself. Talos Hamanala 8. They hung Haman on the gallows. And then it was revealed that he actually built that gallows for himself. And he did not realize it. And that's the Indian of Purim. In the days of Purim, every single year, the level of the poor, which is above Hishtalshlis, creates Yitzchar Lanu Asnaplaseinu, choose us and our inheritance, as Go'in Yaakov, the pride of Yaakov and erase, and we will erase, the memory of Amalek. The Gula Mitis the Karav Mamash.